Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the That's So Craven podcast, your Fulham voice from down under. It's been a week for the history books, but a quiet one for Fulham. And so today we'll be discussing the postponement of the Chelsea game, we were 100% guaranteed to win, and we discuss the upcoming overnight match against Nottingham Forest. I'm joined once again today by uh, our podcast co-hosts, Sam Berenzi. How are you, Sam? Very emotional, but very happy to be here. Awesome. Thanks, Sammy. And we've got Elton Berenzi as well. How are you going, Dad? Yep. Great. Thanks. I was wondering when you're going to slip that in. Yeah, well, we've 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 let the let the uh we've let it slip. I think it's about time to just call you dad and stop calling you Elton, which is really weird. I think I called you dad three times last podcast. Yeah, definitely did. Um, so obviously, look, we're coming off the back of a postponement, which is why we've been a little bit quiet. We were really excited for our podcast on the weekend covering the Chelsea game. Unfortunately, we weren't able to record. So uh, it's been a little little bit of time between pods for us, but we're back to it now. Um, and look, obviously, the reason the Chelsea game was postponed, uh, sadly, the uh, Queen passed away. Um, you know, coming from a, a UK background where we all grew well. Sam and I both grew up in the UK and Elton was obviously living over there at the time as well. Um, it's, you know, something quite personal to us as well. Uh, it's obviously different living in Australia, uh, having a head of state rather than the Queen who, for us especially, we were living just outside Windsor. So uh, it was there all the time, driving past the castle, seeing it all the time, knowing that the Queen was nearby. It's um, Yeah, it's definitely... S- a little bit strange. It's it's strange times at the moment. What are you what are you thinking, Elton? Well, just to correct you there, um, you weren't only living in the UK. Uh, I, I seem to rem- remember taking the oath for both of you. You're actually both dual nationals. So true. I just thought point of order, uh, Mr. Chairman. Very true. Um, yeah, look, uh, I, I think um, yeah, big big moments for England and the UK. And um, obviously disappointing that games of football weren't played, but, you know, putting everything into context, it's uh, the, these are small things compared to everything going on in the, on in the UK at the moment. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. I, I understand it. And obviously um, it's, it's a, it's very, very sad. And yeah, it's a, it's, it's a very, very layered thing. Yeah, for sure. And look, I think we can all sort of agree the one thing the Queen loved was sport, something that we talk about. You know, there's that iconic image of her handing the World Cup over to Bobby Moore when England won it in 66. So the Queen's definitely intertwined with football. It is a bit of a shame that all the games got cancelled, especially as some other sports went ahead on the weekend. I don't think it's worth us getting into the discussion about it, really. It is what it is. Um you know, I'm sure before the game against Forest as well, there's going to be the, the minute silence and uh, a few rousing renditions of God Save the King, God Save the Queen on the day. So 
Um, look, it's obviously disappointing, and, and let's move on to that as well, the fact that the Chelsea game was postponed. Um, Sammy, you've got some thoughts about this. I, I guess there's positives and negatives. Why, why don't you kick us off and talk us through just a little bit about what you think we missed out on? I mean, I hate Chelsea. I hate Chelsea so much. And I'm just so endlessly sad. I just want to get that out of the way because that's just going to be over my head for the rest of it. I'm just so sad. It's it's like a, it's really like a poorly written Deus Ex Machina because we had them on the ropes. It's like the old, it's like a 15 year opportunity because our squad has passion. It has passion and excitement. And there's an element of delusion about us that I just love at the moment because it's kind of similar to like Arsenal getting carried away and their level of delusion. We have that. Chelsea don't have that. It's just, oh, it just hurts. It hurts. Do you think though, um, and maybe I'll chuck across to Elton, do you think it's that big a missed opportunity? I mean, obviously we, we're sort of on the up, you could say. We're positive at the moment and Chelsea are definitely going through a bit of a transition period. But do you think, let's say the game is rescheduled for three weeks' time, do you think there are positives to take from that as well? Look, obviously we were on a roll had great momentum, very positive, even though we had a bit of a dip against Spurs. And I I think everyone was really up for the clash, thinking that we could actually hit them somewhat while they're down. Stepping back and calming down from that euphoria or overexcitement, I, I really feel that you have to sort of stand back and go, right, what are the potential positives for us in this situation? That is Fulham leading into the game. This is, you know, my Wednesday or Thursday view last week. And what are the positives for them? Change of manager, possibly a bounce. And if you look at, you know, who could who could get the most out of the delay of a week or two or more I'm still going to say that we're better off, Fulham are better off. One, Robinson, if if he was in any doubt at all uh, for the Chelsea game last Saturday, if giving him an extra week gets him on the park for Forrest, I'm very happy and we'd have to be extremely happy with that. Two, you know, as much as we wanted to get into the scrap with Chelsea, what we're all about at the moment is getting points not only to actually get points for the sake of points and to everyone to be excited about it, but I think for us to be gaining points against teams that are actually beatable, it matters hugely to our confidence, the confidence of the fans, to the atmosphere inside Craven Cottage and maybe everywhere. And So I think every opportunity to play weaker oppositions, to pick up uh, one or three points, is actually preferable than having a game against Chelsea, maybe causing an upset, but probably not. I'd rather accumulate points and face Chelsea further down the line. I mean, maybe it'll be an entirely different set of circumstances. Maybe Chelsea will have suffered a few injuries and we've got everyone back. Who knows? I wouldn't like to predict that in crystal ball it, but I just feel that, in 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 small margins, we've got more to gain by having more time to get our new players, you know, fit in the system. And I think those 
very small and marginal things matter more to us than, you know, Chelsea playing Fulham and somehow, as we mentioned last time, getting up for it. Yeah, look, I think there's there's definitely an argument on both sides. There are positives and negatives here. I think, like you said, the positives of giving us a, a bit bit more time for, like I said, Robinson to actually recover. Also, I don't know if you guys saw the pictures of Wilson actually back on the training ground. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. That was awesome. That's a huge positive for us. You know, not saying that he's even close to being ready to actually getting on the pitch, but, you know, we've got an extra week of him getting ready. And you look at those guys like Dan James and Willian who'd just come into the side. We were giving them a couple of days, well, like one or two days when before they made their debuts. By the time the Forest game rolls around, they're going to have been at the club for two and a half weeks, I think. So I think in terms of that, you have to look at that as a positive as um, we're actually getting time for these new players to bed into the team. We, we've got time for the guys to actually recover from their injuries as well. I, I do think, um, you know, like Sam said, there, we, we are missing an opportunity where Chelsea are sort of on the bones of their arse and struggling. But I'm also wary of new manager bounce. I really think that's a thing. And I reckon you watch Chelsea in their next game and they'll probably put a few away against whoever they're playing. I, re- I reckon too, but at the same time, Graham Potter is one of those managers who's amazing with young talent, but like, I don't think he's really proven himself with that level of egos. And I was really, really hoping that it would take him a while to essentially get that rhythm with them, which again, I was like, I was like, we got this. Cause again, we're a unit. And I yes, love the unit. hundred percent. I, I agree with that, that, you know, realistically, he's not going to be able to put any kind of stamp on that team for weeks. Yeah. No. So act- actually, this this fixturing issue is working into Chelsea's hands because they're getting more time to become accustomed to their new manager. They're going to have three weeks of a new manager before they play their next fixture. But again, I still think it, do- it doesn't actually affect us. It helps them get a bit better. We also have to remember Chelsea are a better side than us, like yeah. man for man you'd pick Chelsea every time pretty much across the board, except for maybe Mitro, maybe Palina, no yeah. one else really. Yeah. Um, so we've Leno. got to be realistic about our chances. Who was that? Uh, Leno. 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 Yeah. Look, Leno, Leno's definitely proving himself to be a good keeper. Mendy is, you know, considered over the last few years, at least one of the best in Europe, not playing mm. well at the moment, but look, I, I mean, even then, even if it was three of our players to, eight of theirs we we're definitely outclassed so really we should be looking at this Chelsea game as a potential to get a draw out of the game I still think we're good enough even when Chelsea are better and and more prepared uh, I still think we're good enough to get a draw anyway yeah I agree and that, that'll be enough for me that'll be ecstatic enough but yeah just in my brain it's just it's just conflated in my brain and I can't get it out and oh. yeah Hundred percent. It it feels like a missed opportunity because it probably is a missed opportunity. But I think we just need to sort of push forward and, and look at what we've got. So obviously, you know, the fixtures um, have been changed. Chelsea and a few other teams have their games this weekend postponed as well. So one thing that's going to be interesting is how the table reflects this. So we saw it in the championship quite a lot as well, where you have teams who've played. I remember at some points last year, there were teams who played 26, 27 games and other teams who played 20 games. 
And looking at the table now, I don't know if you guys have it up in front of you, if you want to take two seconds it to get it in front of you. But if you look at the table now, um, it's really hard to work out where we are actually positioned at the moment. Um, Elton, what are your thoughts? Early season, I mean, we're, we're only six games in, obviously. It's hard to take anything away from um, from the table. But, you know, looking at the top of that, you've got Arsenal, City, Tottenham, United, Chelsea, Liverpool, all in the top seven. Brighton obviously flying high at the moment. Um, who who are the teams who, even though it's early doors, who are the teams who you think will be finishing ahead of or will need to be finishing ahead of come the end of the season based on early season results? Well, our friends on Saturday or Friday night are definitely one of those in my head. Um, Bournemouth. I mean, I've, I've, I've heard mutterings even about teams like Leicester and, you know, Leeds. Um, who knows? I, th- I think it's a bit too early to tell. It's a bit of a weird season. Um, and I'm, I'm not really getting a rhythm for it yet. I think obviously Spurs look good and, and look like they could get even better. Um, Liverpool, Man, Man U, you know, oh, sorry, Man, Man City, uh, Arsenal, we know what they're going to do. But I, I just think it's a bit early to call. I'm not too bothered about that at the moment. You know, if we can just keep picking up, you know, point a game, I'd be, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, look, it's 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 a weird one. I've, from here, all I can see is Southampton, Everton, Villa, West Ham, Leicester, we, and Nottingham Forest as well. We need to be winning those games because, like, if we're not winning those games... Newcastle, they're getting pumped full of like Saudi Arabian money at the moment. So they are on a pretty upward trajectory. You can't really argue that too much. Um, the other games are like Brighton and Man U. I mean, we proved it against Brighton that we can actually play against them. So, and there's barely in this middle section of the table, there's barely any kind of like numbers between it. Literally just two games in, and you could literally be top six. So, it is a bit random. I mean, the one th- thing that you can take away is that with the exception of maybe Leicester, because that's a bit random, the teams that you would expect to be at the top are at the top, obviously, minusing Brighton. And yeah, basically from like 10th onwards, that's going to go through a whole load of changes. But I, li- I, li- I like the way that we look. I mean, we look a hell of a lot better than Southampton. I, I want to say that I thought the Premier League has proven that you can't just throw money as a, as a lowly club not doing that well. You can't just throw money at it and instantly transform yourself into a really great club. Yeah, but they're, they're would, the richest club in the league now. So they... Don't mind. I, I You know, I'm, I'm excluding Man City who could throw another 200 million at it and probably, the, you know, they'd get value out of it. Um but what, what I'm saying is Forrest, I, I don't necessarily think that that's going to transform them very quickly. Nah. Newcastle, uh, you know, I, I don't believe it. I, I believe it when I see it. I think, the, I think the main difference is between, if you're comparing Nottingham Forest to um, Newcastle, that is way more in the line of Man City-esque territory. Like I truly believe in six years' time, Newcastle will probably win a premiership or at least get close. Yeah, look, I, I I don't want to just talk about Newcastle or anyone else really, but I think Newcastle realistically come come January, 
if Newcastle are down the bottom, their owners will throw in a couple of hundred mil. Realistically, Nottingham Forest, their owners have thrown in the money already. But as we saw when Fulham spent 100 mil or whatever it was when we came up, come January, we were struggling. We The owners wouldn't throw another 100 mil at it because they know that's not sensible. The Newcastle owners can afford to do that and take a chance because they've got so much money. <clears throat> so I think it's a bit of a different situation. But, I mean, you know, the, the reason I, the, I ask the question is because it is so convoluted down the bottom of the table. You know, we're expecting Bournemouth to be one of the teams below us. They're one point behind us at the moment. Um, you'd say Southampton as well are probably the same. They're also one point behind us. Yeah, Forest, so I think, you know, they, they've bought some good players and they, they could be a good team. They're only four points behind us. I know it's early days, but the one thing I'd say about Bournemouth, even though they are only one point behind us, they have a goal difference of minus 13 after six games. <laughs> I know they got flogged by City, but if you're conceding goals on that uh, that that many goals, you're just not going to stay up. We've seen it before. If teams concede goals like that, and that's what we can see at Villa and Leicester have that problem as well at the moment. They're, they've got a goal difference of minus eight from six games, which doesn't seem like it's too bad, but really you keep going like that, you don't win games. One thing I can say about us, which I reckon is a massive advantage as well, and you did touch on it, we're not conceding goals in the same way that those other teams are. Like our losses, I, I don't think we've had like a loss that's been like a battering. Like, even, like because you can have like batterings that are like 2-0. Uh, I don't think we've had a 2-0 game, have we? Oh, no, Spurs was 2-0, wasn't it? Spurs was 2-1. No, we've 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 scored in every game. We've only ever lost by one goal so far this year. Yeah, that's awesome. That's an, that's an amazing result considering for us. Let's start to talk about the Forest game and preview this Forest game. So just a, a bit of a recap of Forest so far this season. They're, they're obviously sitting pretty low in the league at the moment. Um, they opened the season with a loss against Newcastle, 2-0. They beat West Ham, 1-0, in a pretty good performance as well. Uh, they drew with Everton, which you know looked like a fairly good result at the start of the season, but we've seen that Everton have really struggled so far this year. Lost 2-0 to Spurs. Spurs are a very good side, though, as we saw when we played against them. So that's not a terrible result. Then the battering by Man City, where they lost 6-0. And then last game they played as well, they actually lost 3-2 to Bournemouth in a bit of a thriller that game. Um, but, you know, two of the bottom teams playing against each other. I don't think I say two of the bottom teams. I know they're not Bournemouth aren't bottom, but two of the teams expected to be relegated. You'd expect a bit of excitement in a, in a high-scoring game. But look, just from looking at those fixtures um elton sort of any sort of thoughts on those or any patterns that you're seeing well i guess one shouldn't speak too soon we haven't played man city yet but we have played liverpool we didn't get smashed we have played spurs we didn't get smashed we have played arsenal we didn't get smashed so i want to say that we're more resilient just on the on the, on the basis of those three teams we've come up against. I think it's concerning that they were up at halftime, 2-0, and then basically lost concentration, focus or whatever, and got completely overrun. Um, I'd be really concerned if that was my unit. You know, they're not a they're not a terrible side. They've got a couple of good players. Not, no one that scares me greatly, but they've got some good players. 
But that that's a Fulham two years ago type of stuff in the Premier League. And um, we don't look like that side anymore. We know we we respond. If we go down a goal, we've typically responded pretty quickly. And um, so I, I, I think they're fragile. Yeah, look, I mean, if anybody knows what it's like to spend 200 million on a bunch of random players, it's Fulham fans. Like we've seen this before. Like when I was watching their highlights, it they do kind of give me a vibe somewhere between um, Stan a couple of years ago and Parker's side, both in the Prems. Like they, they don't look like a unit. They look like individual players and they've got some really good individual players like um, Gibbs White and Johnson, obviously like Jesse Lingard. Like these are not bad players at all, but it's that thing when you move up into a different um, tier and you essentially just replace all your players like we did um, when Parker was in the Premier League, it you need a while to like mesh. And I feel that Fulham have actually meshed. Like I feel like our team has been boosted by this transfer window and not all the same players have just been taken out and replaced for like better ones. Even Rodak had his like chance at the start of the season. And yeah, this Forest team just looks like a bunch of random players. Now, that being said, Coming off 6-0 and that Bournemouth defeat, I think they will be looking to throw something at us because they'll need that. That's probably my biggest reservations about the game. Yeah, look, I, I agree with that. They're probably looking to bounce back because, you know, if you go back a, a result further as well, they they lost to Spurs 2-0 before that. They've conceded 11 goals in their last three games. They'll definitely be looking to shore up defensively. I think one thing, I don't know if it's been mentioned so far, but one thing that is striking to me is if you take out the two goals they scored against Bournemouth, they've only scored two goals in their other five games so far this year. Now, we've been pretty good defensively this year. I don't think we're an amazing defensive side, but we've been good this year. I think if you're taking on a team that's only scored effectively two goals in the five games previous, you're definitely at an advantage. I think if we can shut them out, I expect us to be able to score at least one goal to win the game. So I think realistically that's where the game is going to go is that they'll probably throw quite a lot at us, but I don't think they've got the quality to actually score a lot of goals. So I don't think they're ever going to, if they score a goal, it's only going to be one. We've actually done quite well this year to score multiple times um, you know, two against Brighton, three against Brentford, two against Liverpool. I think we have it in us against a team like Forest to score two goals. And I think two goals is going to be more than enough to win this game. I think as well, we've pretty well established by this point that we can actually come back from coming from behind as well, which is a pretty, pretty big deal. Because um, like, if you think back to like Parker's side, we could be 2-0 up. And teams have come back and batter us like 4-2. Switching away a bit, but thinking about the game, I'm actually interested in a couple of the little matchups here. Um, our old friend uh, Nico Williams versus mm. maybe Cabana, if he's running down that side. Oh, yeah, that, could be, that. that could be very interesting. Mm. And um, Gibbs White versus Robinson, that could be really tasty. Well, I guess to, to cut you off there as well, you're talking about... Um, Cabano and Nico Williams taking each other on. Does Cabano get a start? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's so true, actually. 
Well, what, what do you, I mean, sort of going on those points, I, I agree as well. Gibbs White, we saw when he played against us earlier in the season, he's he's a handful. Um, so that that's going to be a good matchup. I think Robinson is, well, fingers crossed Robinson plays, but um, it's going to be interesting. But let, let's talk a little bit um, about selections. Dad, what are, your, what are your actual thoughts on who, who would be your starting 11? Run us through it. So assuming we, we talk- let's let's assume that Robinson is not fit, because I think if Robinson is fit, he's obviously playing left back. Let's assume Robinson is not fit for the game. Do we have to do that? <clears throat> we don't have to do that, but Makes for it's good slightly content. it's slightly more interesting yeah. than the back five being unchanged, <laughs> well, which we'd all uh, agree no, on. No, look, I, I think there's more to it than that. I think there's a big question about the wingers. I think um dan james as we talked last time he literally just turned up and got his his lanyard to get into motspur he is now you know he's match fit he's he's spent a week at the club i i think i think silver's going to be really keen to use him um the back three of, of forest are not quick um and you know what better opportunity to have someone really running at them and stretching the game. Um, so if if he comes in on the right, does BDR, BDR go to the left or does Cabano keep his place? Question mark. Um, I don't want to talk about Robinson not being in. I really want him to be in, Jack. But talk anyway. about him like he's in. Go on, I, throw I it out the window. That's no, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, play, I'll, play, I'll play along. My, my um, question is purely because... I think if if we assume that Robinson's in, I think between the three of us, do we all say it's an unchanged back five with Leno in goal, um, Tete at right back, Tosin and Ream at centre, and Robinson out on the left. Yes. If if Robinson's fit, are we agreeing that it's a it's the same back five? Probably. Yeah. My my only change would literally be if Robinson can't make it. I'd, I upon reflection, I'd put BDR there. So you'd put BDR at left back. Yeah, I don't really trust anybody else. And like BDR has a weird thing in the Premier League where he can just go and he's aggressive and he's feisty. And I, I would probably trust him there more so than any other option. We, we have seen him play left back before, so it's not out of the question. Yeah, he's all right. He's right. But he's a makeshift left back, right? And even if you put him on the wing and said, oh, by the way, look after your mate, whoever that is at left back, I think that's... That's kind of a confused, difficult role for him. I, I think it's really difficult because you, you you might get him doing a half job of helping out at left back, but you're probably either going to exhaust him from having to cover too much ground or just going to um, make him less effective going forward, which is the main reason why you'd pick him. Maybe, but at least he knows the way that we play in that position, whereas Mbappé's still new, he's figuring it out, and he can be effective on the right, but on the left, he just he just seems like Bambi who just lost his mum. So, are we fully discounting Kazawa then and saying he will not start? I follow him now on Instagram, and he has been training, but also sharing music videos. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? Do you know? It's even better. I love Polinias. Uh, Instagram it is the least it's the least interesting and therefore the most amazing one that's it's so crazy currently ex- follows three players Carlos Vinicius Jr Kozawa and Dan James and that's that it. makes no sense to me <laughs> correct but I'm seeing a lot of Kozawa content at the moment 
He's very cool. Um, uh, but what I can say I is... Gisa was cool. I don't want another one of that. What I can say is he is training. He is out there. He's not looking too bad. Um, so he's around He's around the side. Does he definitely not get a start? I would want him to sub on. I would I would want him to play. Um I don't I don't feel comfortable starting him is my thing. But I want I would want him to come on at like anywhere between like 45 and 60. Look, I, I think we're all speaking without a lot of substance of, of, of knowledge here. I have no idea how fit this guy is. We all <laughs> want him to be fit. All I know is your stat that he's played six minutes of football in a year that tells me quite a lot and i cannot imagine that i think this is a a, a careful investment um that has a strategy to it but i don't think i just don't think silver was thinking in terms of um having him having to have him ready as a immediate uh, replacement for robinson when they signed him for me, I would I would throw him in. I think even if he can only get 60 minutes, I think he's the person that you need to put in. I think if you it, – it's obvious that Mbabu can't play at left back. Tete has been so good at right back, I wouldn't risk moving him across at the moment. Um, I, I think it makes sense to put Kazawa in. If he makes it through 60 minutes and we have to put – BDR or swap Tete across the left and put him bubble on the right, then I think that's that's a good result. I think putting someone out of position, which is what we're going to be doing for a whole game, is not that good a decision. Also, he did train with Lessi, um, sorry, Messi and Neymar, so he's got to have something. I, I have no idea whether this is a match fitness or general fitness problem for him, right? If it's only a match fitness problem and just awareness that you lose by not playing, but he's fit as a fiddle and he's aerobically fit and strong, I'd chuck him in. Because if we got 30, 40, 50 minutes uh, against a weakish side, he's he's going to be streets better than Mbabu on the left because he's a talented player. I think it is a match fitness thing. So I, for me... I mean, there's nothing to say that he's not fit. Like, I think Silver's been pretty clear in his press conferences um, when he when he tells you if players are fit or not. Um, I'd say it's more a match fitness thing than anything. And so, for me, he it makes sense to start him. He's a left back, and we don't have any other left backs. Why would you play someone out of position when you've got someone who can play that position who is physically fit? Maybe not match fit, but physically fit. Makes sense. Um, it does. Yeah, so let, let's talk about up the field a little bit further. Let's all assume Mitro is definitely starting up top. We're going to have most likely that, that triangle in the middle of Pereira at attacking mid and Reed and Polina sitting behind. Who are your wingers? So I, I'm I'm thinking that um, I think I'm thinking James is going to get a start. And then I would say, um, oh, you know, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I don't know who I'd pick between Cabano and BDR if BDR um, is is a wing choice because in, in this current universe, Robinson is playing. Um, 
I don't know. Maybe maybe Cabano stays on the left, and we 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 keep BDR back. What's Wilson's state at the moment? Like no how? No in it. Okay. Just come out of a brace. Yeah, that's true. Wouldn't even be on the bench until at least after the international break. I wouldn't have thought. Well, it was supposed to be six weeks, wasn't it? Yeah, but realistically, six weeks, six weeks is oh, probably another two weeks away anyway. Two two wingers, Sammy. James, I think I want James in. I just want to see what he can do. Yep. Well, if Kazara's left back, I'm putting BDR there. I kind of trust him a bit more than um, Cabana. I know that I know that's a bit unpopular, but yeah. Come- I, lo- I really like Cavana, but he hasn't really done anything in the Prem for me yet where I've thought I want and trust you there. I think there's something about BDR when he plays in the Premier League, though. Like He he can get goals, and it, it looks weird when he gets them, but he can do it. Like He's proven quite significantly now that he knows what he's doing and he feels comfortable there, and he looks good. He looks good there. I actually love him more when he's actually you know, finds himself just behind the striker and he's doing tricky things in the box. I actually think he's, he's really good there. When he's running down the, 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 the wing and crossing a ball in, meh. See, here's the thing, though. BDR just kind of does what he wants in the game. And part of me hates it and part of me loves it. And that's just, that's just what you get that, with BDR. That might be what it appears to be, but I don't think anyone does what they want to do. Yeah, that's true. He would he wouldn't be playing if he did what he wanted to do. Uh, look, for me, I would probably go with Cabano on the left and Dan James on the right. I I think I I, I agree with your point, Sammy, that BDR covering left back probably does a better job than Cabano. Um, Cabano isn't known for tracking back that well, and I think, but I think you have to trust your left back, and I think you actually have to put forward your best team who are going to score your goals as well. I think Cabano's crossing is better than BDR's. I think he's more clinical when running at defenders. I think he's better at taking defenders on than BDR is. BDR, I, I do actually like BDR, but I'd like him off the bench. Uh, and I don't think BDR starting is part of our strongest eleven at the moment. Uh, and it, it was when we had the injuries and we didn't have any other choice, but I think now that we've got Dan James and Willian in, I, I'd... I think Willian is not quite match ready yet. I think if he had another couple of weeks, I'd be putting him in over Cabano um, and bringing Cabano and BDR off the bench as a couple of impact players, which has worked really well in the past. To that point, think think about where we were, you know, perhaps just before the start of the season. Cabano and BDR were not in your starting eleven. They were squad players. Yeah, no, they definitely weren't. And you know, Solomon. Wilson, and then you twist into that, you know, um, you know James and and William. I mean, that is pretty exciting. And that, you know, when is that January? That's exciting. Yeah, I mean, there's there's the potential for come January for BDR and Cabano to not even make the bench. Yeah, I mean they they will because there's nine players on the bench now. But realistically, um, you're looking at our fourth and fifth choice, fifth and sixth choice wingers, Um, you know, tough for them to even get a gig. It wouldn't surprise me massively if one of them goes online, but we're deviating a little bit from the point. 
um what we'll do let's let's wrap up the forest preview by giving our score predictions uh sammy go first two one we'll come from behind in two one dad um two one for me as well i but i think we'll lead we'll lead uh two nil and they'll nick one back it would be really boring if i said two one now i i actually reckon we will win three nil I think they leak goals like no one's business, and I think we're going to score early. Uh, they'll throw forward, and we will hit them on the counter late in the game and score a couple late in the game. I think maybe we'll, we'll score in the first 20 minutes, score around the 60, 70th minute mark to make it 2-0, and then we'll nick one right at the death. I'd say Mitro's got a couple to his name this week. I, I can't see Forrest scoring. I think they're going to throw a lot at us, but I just can't see them scoring. I don't know where the goal is going to come from. It's, it sounds like you've planned your sports bet multi-jack. I mean, put money on it, guys, because it sounded good when I was saying it. It sounded, it sounded very, very, very clearly thought through. I wonder what the odds would be. I might check that and post it up on the uh, on the Instagram. Uh, well, I think we're, we're all in agreement there that, that we're, we're predicting a Fulham win. Um, I'm maybe a little bit more comprehensive than you guys. I think I, I, I was pretty close to saying 2-1 as well, though, so um, we, we're definitely not far off. So, look, there, there's not much else to add, but one thing I will say is this is the first game that we're covering, um, which has one of the antisocial times. Uh, it's not something that listeners over in the uk or even in europe will have to ever think about but as fulham fans down under this is one of those games an 8 p.m kickoff in the uk we're well elton and i are both based in perth that's a lovely 3 a.m kickoff for us sammy you've got a slightly better chance of watching the game live at 5 a.m um but i mean elton when you're trying to watch one of these games afterwards i think you're a little bit better than me run me through your process for a uh, a 3am game <laughs> well that depends on many factors um it's a friday 3am yeah, yeah so I a know, saturday a saturday 3am morning i know um depends how many beers i've had on a friday night i guess or how tired i am at the end of the week I, i'm probably i'm probably going to not stay up for this one because it's the beginning of the weekend it's gonna wreck me for the weekend and um I, I'm, I'm probably gonna get up early and watch it um but who knows i might get excited and stay up sammy 5 a.m for you is a little bit more reasonable it depends how early i need to pee in the morning if i need to okay. pee in the morning and it hits me kind of randomly because like you know how like every now and then you just kind of randomly wake up in the middle of the night or maybe that's just like a poor health thing that I have every now and then um then I'll be like ah, 6 a.m and then just go to my phone it'd be half time by then hey man it's something it's something but I've had plenty of I've had plenty of like ah. and um yeah the the 2 a.m games that truly depends on whether I've been drinking and um 
this is saying a lot about me, isn't it? Um, yeah, that's 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 a difficult one. I might have to do it just for the integrity of the podcast. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I was going to say, I feel like we're we're all slightly different in how we approach it. Dad, I know you actually watch the whole game from start to finish. Do you ever fast forward? Never. I always attempt to. I I have to mute the Full Image podcast. I have to basically uninstall all social media. Uh, I have a Fulham WA Facebook chat group uh, who I have to mute because they always give away the scores. Um, I find it incredibly hard just to avoid the scores in the first place and then to actually try and watch 90 minutes without looking up the scores. I think I just get too nervous. I can't sit there for the whole game knowing that it's already finished and I could just find out the score and fast forward to the goals. It's pretty bad as a 34-year-old man to not be able to actually sit down and watch 90 minutes of football. But it's it's no. tough when you've been asleep all night and you wake up in the morning and you just want to know to be disciplined and actually try and stop yourself from watching the whole game. My toxic trait is that I will literally just look up the score the second I wake up and that will determine how angry or happy I am. And then I will watch with intensity either way. And some, it's great looking at the score and you see that you're too, like, 2-0 up and you're like, because that happened for a couple of Premier League games, but then it got away from us because it was Parker. But like, even still, even still, I will 100% not look at my phone and just avoid any uh, uh, news or desire to find out what's going on in the world. And I will watch the whole thing and and actually enjoy every minute of it. But even if I do know the score, I'll still watch. All 90 minutes. Well, th this is incredibly sad, but I have definitely dreamt that I've woken up and checked the score. I've definitely, there's there's multiple occasions when I have dreamt that we've won a game and I'm lying in bed going, I don't need to check my phone because we know I know we've won. And then I have to actually look at my phone to confirm it and find out we've lost. Um, so... It's it's an interesting one. I don't know. I mean, obviously, we're talking to people who understand the the problems we face um, as Fulham fans down under. Um, be interested to hear other people's thoughts on it and how they deal with not being able to watch all the games live, especially these really late ones. Um, so, look, if you if you're a listener, uh, please let us know uh, how how you deal with those overnight games and and what you do in the mornings. On the flip side of that, if we win and it's like 2.30 in the morning, I'm not sleeping. I need to do like something to essentially wind down after that because like if, it, if we lose, I just want to go to bed because I'm angry. But like, yeah. Otherwise, if we're, I'm buzzing too hard. Did you have another point to make, Dan? Yeah. I want to circle back on the Royal theme and uh, I want to actually lob a little quiz in here for you guys. And I want you to tell me who the various prominent royals support. So, firstly, um, I want you to tell me who the Queen supported. Who the Queen supports? I feel like I want to say she supported Spurs. The Queen? I'm going to say she's going to go for Man U. I'm going to say she's basic. So, I don't think she ever came out with it, but apparently, secretly, 
She's an Arsenal supporter. She was. Oh, that's mm. yucky. I think I saw that in an article that she let slip. So we know who the Prince of Wales supports. We all know that, right? Yeah, Villa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Aston Villa? Yeah. Big fan. What about Prince Charles or the King? This is a very random one. You'd have to just have heard it or know it or... Is it going to be something annoying like Exeter or something like that? Jack? Coventry. Yeah, well, as random as. So, and I think this tells you a lot about his interest in sport and that he kind of isn't really. But, you know, he's a man of causes and the poor and things like that. And he was doing some charity work in a very, very underprivileged area of Burnley. And he decided to pick them up uh, because he felt like he needed to support them and uh, give them something additional to kind of look forward to by having his support behind them. Interesting. So then um, Prince Harry. I'm going to say Birmingham. (laughs) Will's Aston Villa. Funny, but not true. No, I reckon he might be a Chelsea fan. Close, but apparently... On a trip to New Zealand, he let slip that he's an Arsenal fan. Yeah, okay. Like his name, fair enough. Um, yeah, that's right. And then, then the final one, because we all know that the King is not a massive sporting fan, but great promises, of course, for, for the heir, who's obviously a very, very keen sporting fan and a big football fan and president or chairman of the FA, whatever his current role is. Um how about his wife? Who does she support? Oh, she's way posher than that. <laughs> um, I I don't know why I have a sneaky suspicion that she might even be a Fulham fan. Hope springs eternal, but sadly not. It's worse than that. It's terrible. She's actually a Chelsea fan. Yeah, yeah. yucky. Not surprising. And does Meghan Markle go for QPR? Like, well, I saw a funny, a funny one, a, Q, a Queen's Park Rangers, now Kings Park Rangers. My girlfriend likes Crystal Palace just because she likes the name Crystal Palace. Well, there you go. Fair play. All right. Thank you very much, guys, for your time tonight. Sammy, I know it's been a late one for you, so thank you very much for staying up for us. Um, Look, Let's look forward to this game on the weekend. Fingers crossed we can get a good win and we'll touch base towards the end of the weekend, maybe the start of next week as well, and go through the results. Um, Sammy, thanks for your time. My heart aches for Chelsea, but I've loved talking about Fulham. Thank you. And Dad, thanks for your time tonight. Yep, wonderful. I'm on you, wife.